Aloha. Welcome to the Holistic Life Mastery Radio Show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and I could not be more excited to share this segment with you guys than I am right now. And before we get into that, I just want to let everyone know that my Holistic Health Mastery Nutrition Certification course is available at HolisticHealthMastery.com. This is an incredibly comprehensive, detailed, and extraordinarily well-organized certification course that you can do online. It's primarily video-based. And it's very unique among all the different um, educational courses, especially the health and nutrition-related educational courses, and just something that I'm super stoked about. And it's actually about to go into a new upgrade and evolution. We're going to be releasing the Holistic Health Mastery 2.0 series very shortly. So again, the website for that is HolisticHealthMastery.com. So today's episode is the start of our interview series. And before we kick off the new interviews that I have in store for all of you guys, I wanted to remaster and present some of the older interviews that I did for my last podcast in 2014 called The Expanded Health and Human Potential Radio Show. And I have 27 of these interviews on my hard drive, and I thought to myself, you know, there is some incredible gems and just jewels that the world deserves to have access to. And so I picked my favorite ones, the ones that I thought were just the most content-rich, the most unique and novel And just probably the best conversations that I've ever had with some of the world's leading health and lifestyle educators and just really powerful, transformative human beings walking this planet right now. So today's remastered interview is with a very close friend of mine, someone that I consider to be a big brother, someone that I've known for years. And in fact, I really got to connect with him during the very early, early stages of my transition into health food and raw food. In fact, I met this individual at my first David Wolf um, lecture about five or six years ago in San Francisco, Bay Area, and what a profound conversation we have in store for you guys. This individual's name is Sacred Steve Adler, and he is the core founder um, of the company Sacred Chocolate, which was the first company to ever figure out how to create a cold-processed raw chocolate bar. This was the company that started the entire raw chocolate movement, the entire raw chocolate industry, and now you literally have un, you know you have people creating raw chocolates herbal chocolates all over the place and these were the guys Steve Adler and his business partner David Wolf actually created the industry but Steve Adler is such a a wealth of insight and information and just powerful spiritual principles that really that's his passion. He created his own religion called the religion of the sacred heart, which is totally non-dogmatic. It's totally all-inclusive. And basically, he's the minister of the sacred heart. 
And it's all about love. It's a religion based in love. And he applies his principles to the alchemy of chocolatiering. So the conversation that we had is nothing short of astonishing. In fact, I haven't listened to it in, you know, in years since I recorded it. And I'm just listening to this interview between us. And I'm, I'm actually just laughing out loud every five or 10 minutes because <laughs> it was such a powerful and just an incredible conversation. And I think that anybody listening to this is going to get some incredible insights and in, in pearls of wisdom that they can incorporate into their life and just really understand the science and dynamics of love and how how creating more more space and fostering an environment of love and appreciation gratitude and really taking better care of our relationships both with ourselves and with other people just magnifies the wellspring of abundance that we can create in the world. So without further ado, I want to introduce my good friend and older brother, Mr. Sacred Steve Adler. Enjoy, you guys. Hey everyone, this is Ronnie Landis bringing you another edition of the Expanded Health and Human Potential radio show. And today is very, very special. I'm bringing on a guest who, uh, who's very close to me and I, I have an incredible amount of respect and admiration for. He is a pioneer in the field of raw chocolatiering and really actually is, 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 him and his his partner David Wolf have literally spearheaded entire revolution and movement in the raw cacao raw chocolate industry it's it's totally inspired me it's inspired hundreds of thousands of people around the world literally and it's created a completely new industry in the food uh the food world and um I, there's so many different things I could say about this man, but we're just going to jump into a whole bunch of juicy topics. So without further ado, I'm bringing on Sacred Steve Adler. All right. Thanks, Ronnie. Well, hey, it's totally an honor to be here, especially with you. Um, you're such a mover and shaker in the entire raw food world, super food world, super herb, elixir, cacao uh, craft and super chocolate world. And I'm, I'm just, I'm stoked to be associated with you. I'm, I'm stoked to be uh, on this uh, podcast with you. Right on, man. Yeah. And it, it's because of people like you that, that makes it possible for people like me and my generation to really, to make things easier as we progress and try to take this movement forward. So I totally appreciate that. Right on. So um, for everyone, everyone listening, I mean, most people are probably familiar, but for those that aren't familiar with you, you are the, the founder of Sacred Chocolate. Yeah, that's right. Um, basically, a little background on that is that I got into the whole realm of uh, raw and living foods back in 1993 after reading Tony Robbins' book, Unlimited Power. 
um, chapter 10 in that book really was an inspiration for me to get into it. And um, a few years after that, I, I met my um, good buddy and now business partner, David Wolf, and we started hanging out a lot. And, and then what happened was um, David, uh, around the year 2000 or so, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, started to discover um, the superfood properties of, of the raw cacao bean. And, and he would share it with me. He'd send me uh, bags of cacao beans and stuff like that. And um, at first, what happened with me was um, I, I believed in what he was saying, and I'd add him to my smoothies and stuff for an extra superfood punch to my smoothies. But I never really liked just eating the raw bean. Um, I was, I guess, um, you know, my, my palate kind of didn't like that that bitterness at first. That's something, it's like a developed taste, kind of like you develop the taste for maybe wine or beer or something else. And, um, and so... Um, but he, you know, David kept sharing the, the cacao beans with me and talking about them. And I, I saw that um, a lot of people were getting behind these raw cacao beans as a superfood. And people were starting to turn um, turn them into raw desserts and, and raw chocolate. And, and then David came out with his book, uh, Naked Chocolate, in 2004. And right then I, I went to one of his incredible raw chocolate parties in New York City. I, I'll never forget. I mean... People were literally just bouncing off the walls, eating raw cacao beans, throwing them up in the air, doing cartwheels. I mean, this, <laughs> this, this was a, they had taken over an entire like like fancy nightclub um, and turned it into a raw chocolate extravaganza. I mean, the bar was just serving nothing but raw cacao drinks and smoothies, and I mean, they were like go go s kind of you know Burning Man, you know, fire dancers on the stage. It was crazy, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of when that's that's when I really caught the craze, the raw cacao craze. That that party was the beginning of my journey, and um, basically I started playing around in my kitchen with uh, raw chocolate, thinking, "Huh, I wonder if it's actually possible to make a a finely tempered raw chocolate bar, just like a, you know your normal kind of chocolate bar that you pick up at a store." But only raw. And so the more I got into it, the more I was like, gosh, you know, I was just, there's got to be a way. And I, as I studied the chocolate industry and how chocolate's made, I finally figured out, yeah, you can do it. And at that point, I actually approached Dave Wolf and said, hey, do you want to start a raw chocolate company together? And he said, yes. And so that was the birth of Sacred Chocolate back really the end of 2005. Yeah. That that's such an extraordinary story. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Um, you know, you're you're a Stanford trained rocket scientist, right? Well, that's right. Actually, um, after um, after school, I got recruited by um, McDonnell Douglas, which um, eventually got bought, bought out by Boeing. They don't they no longer even exist as a company. But I went to work on the. Um, space the design of the space station freedom um I, I went to work down in orange county in huntington beach as an engineer um, a thermal engineer on um for mcdonald douglas on that space station program and um man i just was doing 50 hours a week of fortran programming doing computer modeling and it was pretty dry and boring after a while i was i was glad to exit that industry quite frankly uh, it's it's such an interesting irony to me how that <clears throat> how all that experience is transferred over from whatever it was the inspiration from the cacao spirit the cacao bean whatever and it's it's totally transferred over into basically from my estimation becoming the personification of you know Willy Wonka. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, it's it's. I, I even look back on the whole um, journey and marvel at the whole thing because, um, you know, what I'm doing right now, I'm kind of utilizing all my talents. Um, you know, everything that I've kind of acquired over my life's journey, whether it be in the area of, um, you know, buying and selling, um, marketing, um, just people skills, managing a, p- a team of people, to actually doing um, thermal analysis, to actually doing you know mechanical work and engineering type work. I mean, it's interesting. It's like the business I'm in right now really, really is a is a, a huge challenge and for me. And I, I I really love the challenge. It's fun. It's exciting. And there's always something new. I mean, really, it, it's. It really is like being in a true Willy Wonka chocolate factory because there's so many things going on. There's, you know, so many balls juggling in the air that, that you know, you're never bored, that's for sure. Mm, yeah, I can imagine that. Um, I'm, I'm curious. Not, not um, you kind of you kind of laid it out like how the chocolate um, excursion started, but I'm curious. Like, were you ever inspired before by like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as a kid? Uh, well, you know, I, actually, I, I loved that movie as a kid, and and I really get the deeper meaning of that movie, um, mm-hmm. seeing it as an adult. The the original yeah. with Gene Wilder is my absolute favorite. Um, I'm Absolutely. not as uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the the later one, Johnny Depp's good, but um, it, to me, for me at least, it doesn't even compare to that not original even close. one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just. And um, so, yeah, that, that movie was um, fun, exciting for me as a kid. Um, I never really, from that point, I mean, honestly, Ronnie, if, if somebody had said to me, oh, you're going to be in the chocolate business, um, if they'd said that to me 10 years ago, I, I probably would have just laughed in their face. I mean, I would have never, like, met, what, chocolate business? And, you know, it's just interesting how one thing leads to another. And, and so I can't say, honestly, that watching that movie eons ago ever inspired me um you know to become a chocolate maker but um obviously it was in the mix because i did see it and probably went deep into that subconscious mind and now you know look where i am so um what really inspired me actually to get in this business besides david wolf and 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 his whole thing was um actually you know really it's my spiritual path i mean basically Mm -hmm. chocolate for me was uh literally an expression of my love it was it was it was a it was like it was a look at it like an artist you know an artist you you know expresses his or her love um and and their vision and their creativity through a medium whatever whatever that medium is it could be sculpture it could be you know, um, graphic arts, computer arts, it could be music, it could be, um, painting and anything. Right. And so, you know, there was an artistic side of me that really wanted to be expressed and what, and, and it just so happened that chocolate was that medium for me. And so really what was underneath the chocolate was my own love, my, my love for health and nutrition, my love for raw foods, um, my love for, um, you know, building stuff, creating new stuff, uh, my, my love of entrepreneurship, um, and so, um, and my own spiritual path. And what I mean by that is I'm a minister of the sacred heart and my religion is love. And, and, you know, so basically, you know, for me, I, I viewed chocolate as like the most 
ideal vehicle to actually deliver love to, to the world. I mean, I actually pray over the chocolate and, and I know the science behind praying over the chocolate. I, so I actually know what's physically happening when I do that. And I know from a scientific point of view how that's being transferred to everybody out there in the world who consumes sacred chocolate. So that, that was my real motivation behind getting into the chocolate business was actually my own spiritual path and a vehicle to transfer my love um, out into the world. That's that's beautiful, and I definitely resonate with that. I, you know, as you know, I'm definitely a huge proponent and voice for cacao, and you know, coming into it more when it's when it, it's reached a, a certain level of popularity. Um, but for me, it's definitely be it's definitely a part of my path, and I definitely had no idea whatsoever that you know chocolate cacao even like raw food would be a part of my path you know it's like like you said one thing leads to another and uh, you know we could get into it upside down left side left right sideways about all the the magical properties of cacao and um, how it affects people you know like definitely i'm very i'm very interested in um, neuroscience and um, affecting the brain through nutrition, the the you know really working with um, degeneration and how to not only reverse it but how to prevent it and how to develop literally genius genius genetics. And I, I've I feel that chocolate is one of the key components to actually do that. And if you look at all the the longevity research on chocolate, as you very well know, it's all correlated there. In the and then obviously the cardiovascular supporting attributes of cacao, it's it's very well documented. In fact, maybe more well documented and more mythologically referenced or historically referenced than any other single food in the world. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's interesting you talk about, you know, stimulating genius. I mean, certainly cacao being the most complex plant chemistry probably on the face of the planet is definitely affecting our epigenetics. It's definitely flipping genes on left and right. It's definitely activating genius through all the neurotransmitter chemicals that that are present. But Quite frankly, that's not my focus with with chocolate. Um, chocolate to me is symbolic of love. It's symbolic of yeah. heart. And the higher intelligence is the intelligence of the sacred heart. Um, we are leaving the cyberzoic age right now and entering into the cardiozoic age. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that we are entering into the realm of the sacred heart. And I'm not talking about the physical heart, that pump that pumps the blood um, through the body or what people at least believe pumps the blood through the body. Um, you know, I'm not talking about that heart chakra, which is you know part of that chakra s- system, which is kind of this electromagnetic um, system of, of nadis that are running through the body, and, and it's really part of the whole mind complex. I'm talking about the sacred point at the center of everybody's soul, that mm. point through which your soul enters at birth and that point through which your soul will exit at death. And that's the point that is exciting to me, and that's the point I'm focused mm. on is that point of 
the sacred heart, the seat of the soul, the, the God within, the connection mm-hmm. to the divine. And that's where your higher intelligence lies. Because quite frankly, the mind, even though it's very complex, it's limited in the sense that it's just part of structure. It's, it's, it's finite in nature. There is a limit to the human mind, but there is no limit to the sacred heart. And that sacred heart is the portal through which all your love is flowing. All, and it's the portal through which that love that's you is also connected to the divine. In fact, the divine is is the source of that love. And that love is more powerful than cacao in the sense that that love can actually change your genetics. The the Mm -hmm. DNA molecule is actually designed to be altered through love itself. And I'm talking about the scientific power or fuel or juice that love is. Um, some people, you know, I have to kind of get into a little bit of the science of what I'm talking about there. But when I'm talking about love, in this sense, I'm talking about primal magnetism. I'm talking about something that's real. I'm talking about something that's a, a, that's a true power that has a, a magnetic um, uh, force in the universe. And so that power has the ability to alter genes. And the whole idea of genetic um, you know, genetic modification through engineering and science is very dangerous because it, it, it's basically kind of a wild goose chase. It'll, it'll, it'll lead us down to down dark alleys that are just will, will cause more problems than, than it'll help us out. I mean, really, the true genetic engineer is love itself. It always has been. It always will be. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, that's why love is so important to go into the chocolate because that love will affect the genetics, the DNA, yeah. um, besides the epigenetics. So, I mean, that's, you know, and if you look out in the world right now, you know, there's, there's you know, people kind of talk about the struggle between good and evil, but it's really the struggle between the, the sacred heart and the mind is what's going on on the surface of this planet right now. Um, you know, I mean, we obviously still live in a kind of a mind-dominated planet. You can just look out if you, with innocent perception and see that. But eventually, the, the power of this heart that's within each and every one of us, this power that's so huge, I mean, it, I mean, honestly, Ronnie, this power is more powerful than a nuclear reactor. Like, no joke. You, you've got a nuclear reactor in the center of your chest. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and to tap that energy, like all the sages, all the yogis, all the avatars that have ever walked the earth have, to tap that power is a conscious effort. It's a yoga. It's a continual going back. And the more you do it, the more that portal opens up to the point where, like recently, just six months ago, I had an interesting spiritual experience of my own where it felt like I was about to fall into Mel's hole or something. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was I was freaked out almost. I was like, whoa. It's like it was like I felt like this portal open up inside my chest on a deep meditation one night while lying in my bed. And I was like, oh my God. It was like it was scary. It literally felt like I was gonna fall into Mel's whole it was ridiculous wow 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 and you know what what you're talking about is it, it philosophically pleasing but the truth is it's a very hard science that's actually been proven i mean heart math has already shown that the the heart generates a magnetic field that's millions of times more powerful than the the electromagnetic um, field or vibration that's pulsating from our mind. And we thought that our brain was the electromagnetic grid or, or whatever language you want to use for that, the energetic 
um, pulse of the body. We thought that's where all the power was, but now we find out it's actually the heart. And when we're when we connect with another person. You know, the the whole thing, like, it's nice to connect with you. Well, what we're actually doing is we're connecting our heart to their heart, right? Absolutely. I mean, and that's huge. I mean, when you're connecting with somebody heart to heart, I mean, here's my minister self kind of piping in here. You're basically loving your neighbor as yourself. That, the, to me, that's the definition of loving your neighbor as yourself. Love thy neighbor. That's right. I mean, when you're actually in your heart and you can feel that your awareness is there in that sacred center, it's like... You're, it's like you can almost experience yourself uh, being in a state of innocence and surrender, but pure acceptance with that other person. And when I connect with somebody heart to heart and I'm talking with somebody or maybe not even talking, just just sharing space with somebody, you know, I, basically I that chatter, that little chatter of the mind, that little sort of subtle judgment and evaluation and all those little filters and preconceived ideas that starts to melt away. The more I'm in my heart and connecting with somebody, the more all those filters of the mind just start like becoming quieter and quieter and starting melting away. And when you're in that state, you have such freedom and there's such um, peace and joy and love exchanged. Um, it's really phenomenal. And, you know, that gets into the whole science of, you know, what actually is, is, is happening here. You know, I, I gave a video once um, around Valentine's Day about the science of putting love into chocolate. I think you can probably see it on our, our website. You go to um, sacredchocolate.com and search for, if you just do a Google search and search for like rocket scientist, um, Valentine's puts love in chocolate or something like that, you'll find it. But basically, I'm talking about basically the, the three components of existence itself, which is love, or like you just said, this intense, incredible, like infinite amount of magnetic energy. Um, then there's the teeniest particle in existence, which basically all of our physical existence is made up of only one type of particle, just rearranged in different configurations. That's called what I like to call the adamantine particle. Mm. But what the um, what the top physicists in the world call that uh, particle, they call it the Higgs particle, or sometimes they call it the Higgs boson. And that's the particle that they believe they've just maybe finally have discovered for sure through some recent experimentations at the Hadron Super Collider in Europe, but they said it's going to take them 10 years just to sift through the data to confirm that they've actually truly identified the Higgs boson or the adamantine particle. And then there's this final component called the one spirit um, or, you know, the scientists call it the unified field matrix. But, right. these, but these three components, the, everything that is real, that is part of existence as we know it, as we can even conceive it, um, is made up of these three components. And the beauty of it is that love is the commander of all the adamantine particles. That's why if you, if you are really being the love that you are and you're focused on love, you're in command of those adamantine particles. And there are a lot Lots of them out there that are just kind of tied up in as electrons and atoms and different molecules and all this sort of stuff. But then there are a lot that are just free flowing, just free th- an infinite amount of free flowing adamantine particles that you can use to do whatever you need to do. Um, in other words, that's why you know you look at the qigong masters who can like you know just 
you know, through their own love, their own power, you know, arrange the adamantine particles into, say, enough heat that they generate fire or do other kind of interesting things like that, right? What's happening there is they're using their love to command those adamantine particles Mm -hmm. into a configuration, right? That basically those adamantine particles are just going to respond to their love. And, you know, some people, I, I, I believe another name for those adamantine particles is prana or chi. Yep. Okay, yep. but you know, and then the one spirit is this giant fabric. Okay, that is basically a continuous fabric through all of existence. Okay, so basically, it and it and allows instantaneous communication. I love what um, that famous experiment that um, that guy. I think he was his name was Clive Baxter. Yep. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, but Clive the, Baxter. Yeah, yeah. He was that guy. I read about him in the Secret Life of Plants, yep. and you know, he did that that famous. He was a, a great um, what do they call it? cryptologist, some somebody who does like lie detectors and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And he worked for the government, and he hooked up like lie detectors to plants, and figured out that these plants had real feelings, and 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 the plants could feel your intention, and and you couldn't even fake out the plants. You know, you could like they they knew <laughs> they knew your intention, and he uh-huh. he did all these tests scientifically with lie detectors to prove all this, right? And but part of that was they determined that. If a plant, if you had a relationship with a plant, and you know it was on the other side of the world, and all of a sudden something bad happened to you, instantaneously that plant registered on that scientific device. Wow. Instantaneously, there was no time lag, like zero time lag, as far as anybody could tell. Like, how is that? Well, to me, that's the power of the one spirit. It's, the, it's to me the the idea that everything's connected. That is, if if you're holding, say, a spoon in your hand, this is just an analogy. As soon as you move one end of the spoon, the other end of the spoon moves instantaneously. In other words, that's how connected everything is. Like a seesaw. Like a seesaw. So it's you know that's the one spirit. It connects everything. It, it brings unity to everything. The adamantine particles um, are these generic particles that basically allow us to all be from the same matter. But then through our love creates the individuality that we see in the in the universe. And so you know I do want to make that distinction that you mentioned about electromagnetism. Electromagnetism is just basically a subset of electricity. It's you know it's yeah. moving electrons through space, creates that magnetic field, and that's kind of coupled, and that's within the realm of of conservation, the conservational field of energy which we know exists in the entire universe. But the interesting thing, the reason the universe hasn't thermonuclear just combusted through the second law of entropy or through entropy, which is the second law of thermodynamics, the reason that hasn't happened is because of love. Because love is the power that's actually causing everything to get organized, and it's actually causing everything to go along mm-hmm. its path. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's actually what's causing the whole thing to remain in balance and continue to grow and evolve. This is a great – okay, that leads me into this this next idea of uh, – and actually it's, it's – it's it's um, alchemy. So you know, let's just talk about like cacao alchemy, and this can be this can be applied towards, let's say, like Masaramoto's research on water, where you imprint your conscious um, your consciousness onto water, and we can we we all know we've all seen the experiments when he imprints love onto it, the crystalline structure and the formation comes into form. So water that's in formation has information. We know water is like a like an informational um, uh, panel, like an informational storehouse. Well, the same thing I believe is going on with chocolate and you can go into this a little further. So like 
the alchemy of chocolate and um, from a chocolatier's perspective is like when it goes from the whole bean, it starts out as a bean and then it goes through the the alchemical process and becomes a chocolate bar. Well, the fats have that 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 structure and you you break that structure like you would like hydrogen bonding in a water and that the the bonds start to loosen up and you can imprint your uh your energy your vibration your whatever whatever word you want to use you imprint your love onto it and it creates a new um uh crystalline formation absolutely and and the truth of the matter is ronnie that that's the case with everything right absolutely yeah and that and that's why that's why i like raw food for that reason like we're talking about electromagnetism and this this is something that i'm really into as far as nutrition because we're consuming foods that are water rich that are conductive that actually enhance our electro our our um electrical conductivity which is basically our nervous system Absolutely. I mean, you know, if if you think about Emoto's work, um, the most important takeaway, at least for me, about that work mm-hmm. is that <laughs> you should be loving yourself. Exactly. You're mostly water. <laughs> I mean, that's just pure logic there. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if he's scientifically demonstrated, right? <laughs> Right, that that water reacts in that way just by your own intention, just by writing a word. What if you were to actually seriously pray mm. with the most in, intense positive mantras on yourself? Yeah. <laughs> right. What if we actually did that? What would happen? And um, that and that's a practice that's been that's been passed on for all of human history um and wow that that's um okay that's that's good that's real good (laughs) so so okay okay this is where i want to take it because everything and actually interestingly enough everything that you've been talking about actually leads me into this next this next topic that i want to get your your opinion on which is um in in the health food community now this doesn't this doesn't show up i figured it out this doesn't actually show up in the greater world the greater world loves chocolate they actually don't have any problem with chocolate but somewhere in the 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 alternative nutrition world there's a split of opinions when it comes to cacao and i'm curious on what your take on that is well, the, the only reason that, that that's happened is because in our little niche community, people are so focused on food. They're, right. they're, they're giving food so much energy that because the mind is so focused on it and they're di- dissecting it and they're trying to see the truth in it and they're trying to see what's right and what's wrong and, and, they're, and they're looking at it from every single angle. That's the only reason that this sort of thing has arisen. Um, it's because the, it's, it's actually an outgrowth of the very nature of the mind itself. Right. See, the mind, well, now, what is the mind, okay? Well, the mind is a two-part mechanism, all right? It's, it's actually the, our, our physical brain and nervous system. And then it's this electromagnetic field that completely sort of surrounds our body and is actually 
kind of basically generated by our whole chakra system, that whole electromagnetic field, okay? Mm. Well, the whole thing about the mind is it's, yeah, it's this amazing tool, but what really is it? It's really this biocomputer. It's a, it's right. an information, it's an information gathering system. It's an information transmitting system. It's an information storaging storage system and, and it operates through logic. And that's why it's no accident that our computers are literally modeled after our own minds because our computers are totally logical and they're all operating like our minds are. Our minds are operating with like kind of plus and minus electrical impulses and all these plus or minus electrical impulses are making up logical circuits and logic uh, and logic basically. Okay. So that's how our computers work. They all work on ones and zeros, pluses and minuses, plus and minus electrical charge. It's all linear. It's all linear and it's all dualistic. In other words, the right. nature the nature of the whole thing is one giant dualistic oh, paradigm. Oh, spot on. So as soon as you get the mind involved in anything, the mind needs reference points to operate. Right. The it's... mind needs a reference point. Without a reference point, the mind is completely lost. It's the like... mind... The mind cannot comprehend infinity at all. It can, it, the higher intellect can kind of understand what, what infinity is, sure. We can intellectually understand what infinity is. But the mind can't operate in the realm of infinity. It, 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 mm-hmm. it, can't, it can't. It can't physically chug along. It can't use infinity as its fuel. It can't use infinity as its methodology. Right. It, it, it goes into this. It automatically sets up a, a, a duality like one side will hold this flag. The other side holds this flag. And then it's like they oppose each other and people don't even know that this is going on. But when I when I look out onto the world, I can see this like conflict going on inside of people. They're like they're It's almost like schizophrenia. Absolutely. That, that's why the most important thing you can do when it comes to food and diet is eat with love gratitude, prayer, and humility. Because these are all things of the sacred heart. And the Mm -hmm. sacred heart's higher intelligence is so much higher intelligent than the, than the mind. It's, it's because basically the sacred heart is rooted in infinity. (laughs) The the sacred heart can see infinite possibilities. It can, the, the sacred heart has no issue with this at all. And, and it's always a case-by-case situation. And the sacred heart has no issue with that. The mind goes insane with case-by-case situations. The mind can't handle it. The mind wants to simplify because <laughs> it can barely handle plus one plus one equals two. So, and so the mind wants – the mind just wants right and wrong. It just wants, okay, that's right, that's wrong. And so the mind – you know, but it, see, the, 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 realm, the realm, the intelligences of the heart are all rooted in infinity and – Basically, there are set, like I mentioned, there are seven basic intelligences. The first intelligence of the sacred heart is unity, right? The unity of the universe. Unity is actually a high-level intelligence, right? What's, what's the unity in the situation, mm. right? The second intelligence is love. Love is like the power of everything, of the entire universe. It's the generator. It's the generator. That's right. And then the second, then the third intelligence of the sacred heart, and they all kind of build on each other, is life, life itself. Life is just love in action. Life is love manifest. Wow. Right? And then, and then the fourth intelligence is respect. And respect is just meaning that an honoring of existence, an honoring of that, that thing as that thing. 
Yeah. Right. And, and then it just keeps going. The next intelligence is honesty and honesty, not just in the in the in the fact of 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 reporting like, a, a, you know, a fact or anything like that. But honesty, meaning like the golden thread of truth, which is a dynamic thing in all things. Right. And and then after honesty is justice. Justice is self. You know, we all kind of know what justice is, but it's just it's fairness. It's like, OK, you know, let's just be fair in everything. And then finally, the elixir of all these intelligences is kindness. Mm-hmm. And the, and kindness is the, the most amazing, amazing elixir out of all of this. And all these intelligences, when applied to anything, you know, immediately just it's not even it's not even like there's no debate anymore right it's like okay i i you know i i get that this is right for me right now or i get and the heart has that ability to discern not not you know to really discern what's appropriate for you or not in any given moment and not without judgment see the mind being dualistic is just kind of falls towards this state of judgment which is really a separation it's, it's basically as soon as you judge, which is that's basically that's the only thing that we're capable of, of, of messing up around anyway is judgment. I mean, that's like that's the only, quote, sin of a child of God is judgment. So mm. as soon as we kind of say, hey, I'm just not going to judge. Right. Then I'm not going to separate things away. I'm not going to say, oh, you're bad or that's bad. Stay away. Or it's like, you know, because a person who really has like like you said, in our community, who's like just just thinks that, you know, cacao is the scourge of the earth or something like that. Whenever they get around cacao, they're probably going to have some sort of energetic reaction to it. it. Yeah, it, it happened. It's literally like, I, you know, my thing is like, I don't care what anyone eats. I don't care what anyone, I don't care what your preference is. That's totally, that is the beauty of us being humans is that we, we have freedom of discernment and choice for our life. But when it gets to this whole neurotic behavior, like on Facebook or on YouTube, where people are just like they they literally can't handle it. They they see something and they they automatically like go through these like freak out sessions. Um, and uh, yeah, so what you're saying is so powerful and so um, you know every every fiber of my being is just kind of like standing up, just listening to you talk about this. Well, yeah, and you know the reason why people go through freak out sessions is because their mind is so invested yes. in that in that position yes. that that what happens is they start freaking out, and what causes them to freak out is the ego because the ego is nothing but the mind's self generated mechanism to protect its own investments in whatever to protect its wow. own investments in some idea to protect its own investments in some self made identity to protect its investments in whatever. So as soon as those investments that the mind has made in some sort of structure, right, as soon as those investments are threatened, pop comes the ego. And the ego comes in with like, you know, swords and like, oh man, okay, I'm going to prove, I'm going to prove my position. I'm going to prove them wrong with logic and emotion and, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know. And that's, that's where we get in trouble because as soon as the ego gets involved, basically there's like a little mini war going on because the ego is basically saying, oh, I'm going to protect the mind's position. I'm going to protect the mind's investments in some sort of structural whatever the structure is, some concept or principle or whatever. You just, you just said a mouthful, man. Um, the word investment is so key. And I've been saying this for a long time is that 
you know, your life, the outcome of your life is dictated by the investments you make from a moment by moment basis. And this is, oh man, this is so key right here about the mind's, um, the mind's uh, 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 proclivity towards making investments in its own, in what its own reference points that it's set up for itself. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Remember, because without reference points, the mind is lost. It's it's in, it's in slippery ground, and it and it's 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 biggest. It's got two big fears. The big one is losing control, but the ultimate one is death. And so the mind can't handle that, and and mm-hmm. it knows, and it knows eventually it'll face death because it's it, it's itself just structure, and all structure is mortal. Okay, all structures. Well, I don't care what the structure is. That's an inherent, natural characteristic of structure itself. Love is immortal. Love will go on forever. And so the thing is, the mind being kind of this control freak, and it's a control freak because it's afraid of death, and that's why it's so steeped in investments because it's trying because the nature of structure is conservative conservatism right basically what happens is because (laughs) because structure is mortal by definition it's its strongest character suit is conservatism because that's the only way it can try and stay alive that's the only way it can gain time is, is try and be conservative and protect its investments in structure. But eventually, when, they, when the ego dies and, 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 the, and the sacred heart reigns supreme, then it's like th- then the mind goes back into its original role, which mm-hmm. its original role is just to carry out the dictates of the sacred heart. And in that original um, space of being in the now and in that original space of just listening to the sacred heart and carrying out the dictates of the sacred heart and not falling into judgment, the mind actually falls into a state of total bliss. (laughs) Yeah, so you see that a lot of times when these hard-nosed business people – um, say, for example, they go to a sacred medicine ceremony or someone slips them some psilocybin or something like that. And then they have some incredible, like heart opening, incredible realization of a possibility they never knew was possible. And all their judgments that they thought this was like a quote unquote drug, even though everything that they put in their body has been a drug from day one. We won't go into that, but they have this huge heart opening and all their previous judgments they have to face it and then they and it's like it transforms their entire existence Uh, yeah that's you know that's the power of plant medicines you know um and and i just want to say something any anybody who who has a proclivity to 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 experience that realm uh, i just highly recommend um you know doing it from a space of really um the right space like it, it's Absolutely. really a soul it's really a soul calling and it, it should only uh, be experienced with real shaman in nature with loved ones and there really needs to be a, pre- a true preparation i mean this is that sort of stuff is is not stuff to play around with that's that's yeah. all i want to say on that yeah i know i'm glad you said that yeah and it, it's not to be meant to be taken out of context or or as a promotion it's just an example um and and cacao is no different from that cacao has always been a ceremonial tool and i and i and just touching on that subject too is that i think uh, um like kind of like the the health leaders or the raw food leaders or whoever they kind of um 
they kind of get bent out of shape on this subject because I think, and you can touch on this for me, I think a lot of people abuse it because it is a power plant. It's one of these noble power plants of the world, and it's you know one of the one of the most powerful caloric foods. So you can do it in excess, and it's and we have it in such abundance. But I think people. People abuse it. I know that I'm I'm been guilty of that many times, and I've matured with this with this food. And I realize that this is actually a tool um, to to you know for whatever activity, whether it be working out, maybe I want to write something like that, or to dial in certain herbs. But it's definitely something that should be done with respect and love. Absolutely. I mean, that's everything you put in your body should be done with respect and love, and especially cacao. I mean, cacao, like you said, is um, a historical superfood, a historical shamanistic medicine. It's, you know, it's been in the medicine bags of um, of all the shamans of Central and South America for eons. Um, so it's, it's definitely a noble food that needs to be respected. And, um, and eaten in moderation, um, and like all things should be eaten in moderation. Um, really, that's the key. Like I said before, it's really about eating with love and gratitude, humility. Um, that's the key. Never eat with guilt. Never eat anything with guilt. I don't care what it is. Never eat it with guilt. Because in the presence of guilt, it, it, it messes up the whole um, mechanism by which your body can extract the nutrition from the food and the love mm-hmm. from the food. I mean, really, ultimately, what you're nourished by is love. It's the love right. and the food that your body is actually nourished by. It's not so much – I mean, I'll give you an example. Really, like even if you look at something like sun gazing, you know, one of the powerful things about sun gazing is it's, it's the light that generates all the frequencies of the trace minerals in the solar system that mm-hmm. your body's is utilizing mm-hmm. besides other right. things. You don't even necessarily need those actual physical elements um, you know, those physical trace elements, those trace minerals in your body. If you're sun gazing, you're actually, you're, you're actually generating the frequencies that those trace minerals are putting off in your body and your body's using those, those frequencies to do its functions. So it's, it's so much about frequency and vibration and, and the love coming through, through all that. And that's why I say never to eat with guilt only because in the presence of guilt, you're kind of telling your body, Oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Or, um, or you know, this is bad for me, or it's poisonous, or, or whatever, and it just messes up the whole process. Then, then you, your body ends up not being able to extract the real the 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 love from the food, and it's and it's and then you 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 waste all this energy trying to you know get this food out of your body, and so that's why I say, I mean, with with anything, you know, moderation, love, you know, gratitude, thank all the. The, the plants and animals that have and, and people that have that have you know through their service have given you this food uh, you know because that that's that's the real key at, at this point in time is is you know kind of revolutionizing our our way of thinking about food and diet and and really from the foundation of a perspective of love and gratitude um, if, if that's not there you can run around in circles all day long yeah. um, you know uh, trying to consume all kinds of stuff and it's it's at the end of the day it might get you a little further down the road but ultimately it's not going to get you that much further down the road right it, it, yeah it's like um, this obsession with food really like just like anything, food is a tool, and I, th- I feel like, you know, really at the core of the raw food movement, really what that is to me is actually 
the greatest extraction method for taking somebody out of the synthetic, the fake, the phony, artificial, structural uh, setup of the mind and to bring them more into their heart. But it's not like a... It's not like ayahuasca where it just pushes you through. It's kind of like it opens the door and it's like, okay, take a look at this. This is what's actually going on behind the curtains. And you have a choice if you want to actually do the work. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a great thing. I mean, basically getting into a raw food lifestyle is, is almost a form of fast and prayer. I mean, basically, you know, you're, you're kind of fasting from all the heavy, dense, low-frequency foods that are being marketed out there in the marketplace. And it's kind of like it's allowing a greater percentage of water to come through your body. And water, alchemically, is magnetic. And that water is supporting that primal magnetism of the sacred heart. Naturally, when you start eating a, a diet rich in high-water content plant foods, you're supporting the very spiritual power of your sacred heart that's why so many people actually have a spiritual awakening when they when they um you know when they get on this kind of lifestyle because not only are they cleansing their body of a lot of dense food but they're empowering the sacred heart as well they're freeing up the mind they're clearing the mind so the raw food lifestyle is a very powerful stepping stone to to get onto a more spiritual path absolutely i can't i can't more than agree yeah, and uh, man, there's <laughs> so many different, so many different ways to expand this and to go in different channels. But I just want to say thank you so much for coming onto the show and bringing a completely renewed perspective on, you know, on all these things. And at the core of it all, you know, it, it really does come down to love. That's so beautiful. It absolutely does, Ronnie. And I love you. And I think everything you're doing out there is just amazing. I'm, I'm so excited about your path and, and what you're doing out there. And I'm just proud of you. That's all I got to say. I, I truly appreciate that. And uh, so for everyone out there, um, you, got, you just put out a new chocolate bar. That's right. It's, um, it's our mocha bar. It, um, it's sweetened with um, coconut palm sugar. Um, and it is um, got Pete's Organic Gaia Coffee in it, which is an organic coffee put out by Pete's Coffee, which is a pretty well-known coffee out there. And it also has a green coffee bean extract that we've sourced from Omika in it as well. And oh, uh, wow. and and yeah, so far the word on the street is people are going crazy over it. So oh, um, yeah, so we're really stoked to. <laughs> We're really stoked about this bar. So, yeah, um, it's exciting. This is so great. I, I just want to say real quick from my own from my own vantage point, I've uh, I haven't I've never been like, you know, bashing coffee. I never really got on that kick, but I've never really been into it either. Um, the, but the green coffee extract is is a really amazing discovery and a really great alternative. And to combine it with the um with the delivery of chocolate i i'm stoked to try it i i have to i mean it's not out on the shelf i gotta order from the website or something because i gotta try this yeah yeah it's, it's available on our website now if you go to sacredchocolate.com and stores are starting to order it so um it, it'll get out there more and more as, as time marches on so. i have i have a feeling this may become the most popular chocolate bar we <laughs> yeah. were like, you I can have my not. coffee and chocolate. I mean, you, you just, you know, it just keeps getting better. That's all I gotta say. Oh, right on. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Steve. This was awesome. 
Ronnie, a pleasure. Thanks for having me on your show and all the best. And uh, I'll see you real soon, I'm sure. Right on. All right, everyone, you heard it here first. Welcome to another edition of the Expanded Health and Human Potential Radio Show. We'll catch you guys next time.